0: good day, friends. Welcome to Thursday, April the 28th, and today's episode of Enough for Today. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for uh, indulging me yesterday with Chad and Charlie. They sure had a good time um, being a part of that. They wanted to, and they found out I was recording. They said, can we help? And uh, so that was great. Thanks for for being a part. Hey, we're in Psalm 41. It's Thursday. Hope your week is going well. And uh, I am excited to nearly finish this Psalm today, tomorrow, and we'll be moving on next week. So join me there. And we've been tracking David's journey uh, through his relational complexity, and you know if you think about it, <clears throat> most of our struggles, um, uh, many of our struggles, are relational. Uh, they're conflict with people that we love or are called to care for, and um, we, you know, that's built upon expectation. We're called to love, and others are called to love us, and. Um, when we don't receive what we need, we get discouraged or we get offended or we, uh, when an expectation has failed that we feel we deserve or, or owed, all of a sudden um, those relationships become combustible. Well, David's experiencing real significant relational problems. I mean, big, big betrayal and loss and political conspiracy and it's really deep. And in this psalm, what he's doing is he is uh, going directionally. Uh, first of all, he meditates on his responsibility to others, how he treats and responds to others, and then he vents and kind of pours out how others are treating him. And he takes that to God, which is a healthy thing. It's a good thing instead of becoming vengeful or letting it boil up or, or uh, <clears throat> you know, spill out or explode. He takes it to God. So it's how he should be handling and 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 responsible to others and caring, excuse me, caring for and loving others. How they are mistreating him, betrayal, betrayal and conspiracy, and frankly, uh, they want him dead. And then finally, he's going to land with how God cares for him, and that's what's beautiful about the structure of this psalm. He begins with his responsibility to look outward. He carries his burden of uh, loneliness, really, and betrayal to God. And then he discovers or rediscovers or basks in the fresh light of how God is caring for him. <clears throat> so in the first position, blesses he that considereth the poor. In the second position, but but mine enemies speak evil of me. You see the direction shift. Um, and then he's musing to God and pouring out to God, and it's a little bit introspective, but it's, it's it's just laying up his burdens. But then verse 10, but thou, O Lord, direction shift. Now he's looking up, okay? And he's asking God for mercy. We talked about that yesterday, to raise him up that he may requite, that there might be justice, okay? Verse 11 is where we pick it up today. Now, this is a very good verse. By this I know That thou favorest me. Now I want you to think about this. I know David had a confidence. He had a core confidence that grounded him, no matter what other people were saying about him, no matter what other people how they were viewing him, how they were spinning the narrative, how they were conspiring against him. And again, we're talking about significant betrayal up close. These are people that sat at his table, ate his bread. They they were in close proximity to him, dear friends. Um, and they were lifting up their heel against him. They are trying to overthrow him. Uh, treasonous, adversarial, betrayal. Um, it goes deep. It cuts deep. David's wounded, but he's he's established in a core confidence. Okay, by this I know. So, um, what does he know? What is he grounded in? What what is he standing on? That thou favorest me. Okay, so he is standing on the favor of God. And what I want you to think about is the value of that favor in contrast to the disfavor of other people, okay? So he is um, experiencing the favor of God up against the disfavor of others. And what happens? Well, when you're looking only at the disfavor of others, it looms large and it's incredibly discouraging, okay? But when you put that up against the favor of God, all of a sudden, the disfavor of others is placed in its proper perspective. It's relatively powerless over you. It has the power that you give it, or that I give it. And if you're like me, you give it way too much power. Um, but when you when you go back to the favor of God, you you rest in that, and you can release the power of the disfavor of others. And that's a significant uh, shift in your spirit when you are living out of the favor of God rather than dwelling in the disfavor of others. Okay, so that's a huge principle. But here's what I want you to catch. How did David know that he was experiencing God's favor? And how does that even make sense? Because he's been betrayed and, and people want him dead. They're celebrating his disease. They want their, 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 like he's almost gone. How could that be the favor of God? And how could anybody experiencing that say, wow, this is the favor of God. Well, here's how. He says, because thou upholdest me in mine, I'm sorry, verse 11, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. Okay, so he's not saying, God, I know you favored me because you defeated my enemies. He's not saying, God, I know you favor me because you removed the trial and life is good now. He's not saying I'm not carrying any burden. No, he's saying, I know you favor me because um, they're not winning over me. So I want you to muse for a minute on the fact that God's letting him walk through the betrayal when we think deliverance would be, you know, the end of the betrayal, justice, vengeance, whatever. God's will is, no, I want you to experience this betrayal and I'm going to walk with you through it. And I want you to know I'm favoring you in it. How did, how did the favor show up in the middle of the betrayal? It was that his enemies didn't triumph. Their plans didn't work. Uh, their stories didn't stick. Their, um, their vain imaginations never were able to be materialized. Now, I don't know if you have ever experienced significant betrayal or slander or false accusation. And then if you have ever just trusted God in it, instead of uh, taking matters into your own hands and fighting fire with fire, just returning the same false accusations, the same slander, it's getting into the mud with it. Um, God has this way, my friend, of turning the story. And it's almost like the the fists they were hitting you with rebounds back and they, they slap themselves. It's almost like the, 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 the boomerang they were throwing at you circles back and whacks them. God has this way of making the plan of enemies recoil um, in a way that you had nothing to do with. You could have never articulated or, or, or architect, you could never have manipulated the circumstances to be that way And and your enemy almost looks at it like you did it on purpose, and they get more angry at you. But um, God has this way of writing the narrative, correcting the narrative, vindicating the people that just choose to do the right thing. Okay? David is going to his God and reasoning himself forward to do the right thing. Um, So I'm going to leave it there today because. Um, These are some powerful thoughts, okay? I know. That's confidence. That's a strong, deep confidence. You favor me. God's favor uh, trumps all disfavor. How do you know you're favored? Because your enemy's um, bad will is not winning over you. It's become relatively powerless in your life. So happy Thursday, and we'll see you tomorrow.